Hello, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. This is Pastor Bryant Owens. It is Sunday, March the 29th, and I am so saddened that we cannot be together. And I know that you as well wishes that we could all be together as God's people like it was normal, but we have a new normal right now. Please know that I am praying for you, and so is Rhonda, and we know that you've been praying for us. During this time of separation, I'm reminded of the great separation of the church in the earliest days uh, following Christ's resurrection. And we are coming up quickly upon that day of celebration here in just a couple of weeks on April the 12th, where we will be celebrating Christ's resurrection. Please hold on to that truth. That is such a, a solid foundation for the faith. This morning, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be continuing our study of this wonderful gospel. And again, I think the timing of this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, is timely. I think there's much here for us to glean and to receive comfort that we have a Savior who is God, who is, has all the power to overcome even sickness and death and disease. Wow. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics. And he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Will you pray with me? Father God, we praise you this morning for your word and even though we are not together in one room, Father, I am thankful that you are combining Sovereign Grace Baptist Church together in our homes and knitting us through this technology that records your teaching of your word. And I pray, God, that you would love on everyone who is hearing the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. Lord, we are in desperate times. There is much happening in our world with sickness, death, economic collapse. And Father, I think you have allowed us to read this text today for a reason. Remind us that Jesus Christ, our Savior, has all the power and the authority to do mighty things, even conquering disease, overcoming famine, and destruction. Wow. Teach us, Father, this morning what it means to be your children and comfort us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Matthew's gospel, if we are paying attention, reminds us that Matthew wants us to be to see Jesus in his deity and in his monarchy. He has great majesty. He is the king of the new kingdom, the, the kingdom of heaven that is now proclaimed 
And Matthew wants us to see clearly that Jesus is not just some prophet, some teacher, some great theologian. Matthew wants us to clearly see several things about Jesus here, some very important things. And this text, these these two verses, actually primarily just verse 23 of Matthew chapter 4, really summarizes all of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Now remember Galilee, that we looked at in the last couple of weeks, was this region that was known for darkness. And Isaiah's prophecy proclaimed that the Messiah would come from this region in Galilee, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, a people dwelling in darkness. They are the ones who were privileged to see the great light start. And Jesus is that great light. And he begins his ministry here. We looked in verses 18 through 22 last week. As Jesus is beginning his ministry, he calls his first disciples, which means that Jesus is not going to do this ministry by himself. He's calling people around him to help him in the ministry. Now, verses 23 through 25 are very important because these are, this is the first great statement that we see in the gospels about Jesus' healing ministry. Now, healing ministry was very clearly a major part of Christ's ministry during his three years of ministry. Now, we see two things here in this text. We see clearly Jesus' healing ministry at work, but then further we're going to look at this deeper about the concept of healing. But let us not forsake the true meaning of this text and miss the point because we think that Matthew is talking about great healing. Because if we only focus on the healing and the miracles of Jesus here, we're going to miss the greater message of exactly what it is Matthew's gospel is pointing to. Now, Jesus' healing ministry was clearly important. It does, it, Jesus' ministry of healing, of disease, and raising people from the dead pointed to two things about Jesus that we cannot overlook. Number one, his healing ministry showed that Jesus was God. In other words, the healing ministry pointed to the manifest of his deity. Secondly, Jesus' healing ministry demonstrated something tremendous about Christ, and that was a demonstration of his power. Now, miracles here are an important aspect of Jesus' messianic credential. In order for Jesus to have any credibility as the prophesied Messiah, he would have clearly performed great miracles. Not fake miracles, not magic tricks, not uh, some illusion that, that tricked people into thinking that he had great power. No, Jesus was truly God and truly man. He was truly the prophesied Messiah, and so therefore his Miracles, his healings were genuine. They were not a charade. Now, what we see here in Matthew's gospel of chapter 4, these first couple of verses here that we're looking at, verses 23 through 25, it's a very brief glimpse into Jesus's uh, many uh, signs and wonders. John's gospel actually expands much of what we see here in Matthew's uh, chapter 4, verse 23, in greater detail. It's, it's all of John's gospel that really focuses more so on Jesus' words and Jesus' miracles. 
As a matter of fact, in John chapter 1 alone, we see several statements of Jesus' deity that would been, then be manifested in His miracles that He performed. Turn with me to John chapter 5, actually. Flip over to John chapter 5, verses 34 through 38. And we're going to see a little bit deeper here about the works of Jesus and what they were intended. These signs and the miracles had a purpose. John chapter 5, beginning in verse 34. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, for the works of the Father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing. Bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Now, what is Jesus saying here in John's Gospel, chapter 5? He's talking about John the Baptist and comparing the works that John the Baptist had that God gave him to do with the works that Jesus was given to do. As great as the miracles were that John the Baptist was doing, he was performing wonderful signs in the wilderness by baptizing people in the Jordan and living a life that was extreme to the point of calling people to repentance. But the works that Jesus is called to do here, Jesus is saying, is greater than that of John. He says here in verse 36 exactly why the miracles and the works and the signs that Jesus had were there. He says, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, these works bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So the signs and the miracles and the wonders of Jesus were intended solely to verify and bring credibility to Jesus and who he was. God the Father gave him many works to do, miracles, healings, signs and wonders for one purpose, and that was to point people to salvation through the gospel and to show exactly who Jesus was. Now, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, we see three main things here that, that help us summarize the works of Jesus pretty clearly. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, we can break this down. There are three main aspects of Jesus' ministry in Galilee that are summarized here. Number one, Jesus went about in Galilee. That's what it says in verse 23, and he went throughout all Galilee. Some translation says that he went about. But it says here that he went throughout all of Galilee, this region uh, that was known for darkness. It was a region that was... uh, had many Jewish people. The culture of of Judaism was there, but it was intermingled and actually overtaken by Gentile culture. So it was a dark place. But this place, at this time, it is estimated by the historian Josephus that there were about three million people who lived in this region. Not a very big place. 
but very compact of population. And Jesus would go around to all of these places, uh, about 240 or so villages and towns in this small region of about 3 million people. You can imagine how busy Jesus was trying to get to every place to preach, to perform miracles, to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He had busyness. He had work to do. He did not stop. This idea of he went throughout is actually understood as something that is a constant thing. It was a continuous going. It was as if Jesus didn't have time to slow down. The Father in heaven had given Jesus a job and he was busy doing it. These works of Jesus were enough to prove who he was. In addition to going around Galilee and performing miracles and preaching and teaching, here in the second thing he does primarily here in 20, verse 23 was he was teaching in their synagogues. So three things. Number one, he was going about. He was continuously in action. Number two, he was teaching. But where was he teaching? He was teaching in their synagogues. Now what's significant about this? Jesus was very strategic in all of his busyness. He was very strategic in all the work that he was doing. He was teaching in their synagogues because the local synagogue was where you went for religious education. And Jesus knew that if he were to focus his teaching in the ministry, in the synagogues, then he would be at the very center of the Galilean culture. You see, the temple was in Jerusalem, but in every small village and town and community, there was a synagogue and the synagogue was always built first before the, the city or the village was built. And they chose the highest hill, the highest level in the area to build the synagogue first because it was, so the synagogue was always built up high so that you could see it and it had prominence. This synagogue, all of the synagogues were in the center of the life of every Galilean. In other words, Jesus intentionally focused his teaching in the very center of what made Galilean life what it was. Is Jesus teaching in the center of your life right now. If Jesus is speaking to you, I see here that he's going to be focused on whatever is center of your life. And that's where you're going to find him. That's where he's going to show up. He's going to be teaching. Now, in contrast, the temple in Jerusalem was not a place for teaching. Jesus is not mentioned here as being in the temple. We know he he does get to the temple in Jerusalem later in his ministry. But this ministry in Galilee, he was focused primarily in the synagogues. The temple in Jerusalem was not a place of teaching. Instead, it was a place of sacrifice and prayer. So the idea that Jesus was teaching is very significant here. But notice he also is preaching. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So... Jesus is going about Galilee, he is teaching, and he's preaching. Now, the difference between teaching and preaching is very important. Jesus saw the importance of teaching. He was there to instruct. But at the same time, he was also then preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This phrase here in verse 23, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, is the only time in the gospels that we see this particular wording. Matthew's gospel here is the only place we see this, the gospel 
of the kingdom. To proclaim meant to preach. To proclaim, literally, you were a herald. Do you remember? It was That was the role of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the herald. He was preaching and proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the king. And now Jesus, in his teaching, he was also proclaiming and preaching but he was preaching something different than John the Baptist. He was preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. He was crying out. In other words, Jesus, in his teaching, he would have been reserved and steady, but in his preaching, he would have been crying out with energy and and fervency, crying and calling people to listen to him because of the urgency of his message. And the urgency of his message was that there is good news, that God has a kingdom. The good news is that God has a kingdom and that kingdom is now available for you. That was the urgency of Jesus's ministry. In those three years that he had to work in, he had time on his hands that he had to manage and he was busy. The time was short. He had to teach to get people to understand his ministry and to understand the proclamation of the gospel. But he had to preach with excitement and energy and fervency. The third thing that Jesus was doing here, we see in uh, verse 23. And he was healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So Jesus was busy going about. He was then busy teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom with urgency. And then thirdly, he was healing every disease and every affliction. This is right here is perhaps the greatest sign and wonder that Jesus uh, undertook in his ministry that proved and pointed to his deity. It confirmed that Jesus was the Messiah. But notice here in verse 24 exactly what was happening here as Jesus was, uh, was teaching and preaching and healing. Verse 24, so his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Now, this one verse, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 4 verse 24 is profound. It tells us exactly how intense Jesus's healing ministry was. It was a very significant part of his ministry in Galilee. No one was turned away. That's the important thing to understand here. We get the very important impression here that Jesus healed all the people, everything. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with disease, pains, demons, epilepsy, paralysis, and he healed them. In this time of uncertainty and and pandemic, many of us may turn to this passage and find hope, and we rightly should. The healing ministry of Jesus was so much more than we could ever imagine right now. Think about this. It is said by B.B. Warfield, the great theologian, about Jesus' teaching and preaching ministry and about his miracles. B.B. Warfield says, when our Lord came down to earth, he drew heaven with him. The signs which accompanied his ministry were but the trailing clouds of glory, which he brought from heaven, which is his home. 
Let's not miss what B.B. Warfield's having us see here. Let's not miss what it is that Matthew is telling us here. The focus of this passage is not the healing alone. Yes, the healing itself is worthy of acknowledgement. The healing alone was great and wonderful, and it was a miracle that Jesus did what he did. But the point here is not the healing. The point here is the kingdom. Because the healing was a reflection of what the kingdom would be like. The proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom was this, that it was a good news that, that God had a kingdom, and that kingdom was for us. And in God's kingdom, there would be no more death, there would be no more sorrow, there would be no more disease. Now, you and I, when we hear of someone's sickness being overcome, someone's sickness ending, somehow there was a miracle and it could not be explained why they were no longer sick, we rejoice in that. We're all kind of dumbfounded. But let's put that in the context of what Jesus did here in his Galilean ministry. B.B. Warfield continues. He says, the number of the miracles which Jesus wrought may easily be underrated. It has been said that, in effect, Jesus banished disease and death from Palestine for the entire three years of his ministry. I want to let that sink in for a minute. In this time of rapid growth of coronavirus infections and the unfortunate and very dramatic under the fact that people are dying from this causes a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. But just think about in Jesus' time here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Matthew is describing a time of Jesus' ministry that we have to try to wrap our brains around. It was as if for those three years of ministry, there it was it was as if there were no disease or death at all in Palestine for those three years. It was as if you got sick, it was healed. If you were dead, Jesus would raise you from the dead. It was as if disease and death disappeared because God's kingdom had arrived. See, the kingdom of heaven was, is going to actually have everything here that Matthew describes in this text. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is going to have, be a wonderful time of proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. It's going to be a wonderful time of no death and no disease and no sorrow. And so Jesus' ministry of healing and his miracles and his great teachings and his great proclamations of pr and preaching pointed to one thing and one thing only, the kingdom of heaven. And who better else to proclaim that and to, and to introduce the kingdom of heaven but God's Son himself, Jesus Christ. Jesus was showing exactly who he was. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophets. He was the Messiah that was promised. And the good news of the kingdom is this. It's here. And so in the midst of our uncertainty and our fear and, and watching the coronavirus infections increase by the day and the sadness that death from this disease is climbing by the day, let's embrace the truth of the gospel here in Matthew chapter 4. Because Jesus proclaims, <laughs> you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? 
Let me show you. And he shows them practically while he's here what it looks like. This kingdom still reigns today in every Christian heart. Do you believe in these miracles? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I hope you do. Do you believe in the miracles? Do you believe that in the kingdom of heaven? If you do, wow, what a great reality. Let me pray for us. Father God Almighty, we thank you for the truth of your gospel. Your Son, Jesus Christ, showed us exactly what the kingdom of heaven was. And that kingdom now resides in each and every person who has been forgiven and restored and made new. Father, everyone who is listening to this message right now, I pray that your spirit, your presence would overwhelm their house at this moment, where they are sitting, where they are listening at this very moment, Father. Let everyone who hears this sense the goodness of your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would protect us all. In this time of separation, we miss the harmony of Christian fellowship, which is a a key aspect of your kingdom. Please bring us back together soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for spending time today, just being together. I pray that this message from God's Word is something that you needed to hear. I pray that God's Spirit would bring you comfort and peace in this time of uncertainty. I pray that we will come together soon as a, as a body of believers as Sovereign Grace Baptist Church here on Highway 111. My prayer is that we could come together and worship sooner rather than later. Right now we are being uh, good stewards by following the, the direction of our state leadership. Governor Bill Lee is a fellow brother in Christ, and I respect his decisions for our state. I do not believe that we will be apart much longer. I do believe that we will come together very soon. Resurrection Sunday is April the 12th. I do not know if we will be able to congregate as a church together in full by that time. But my prayer is that we would be able to see each other by Resurrection Sunday, April 12th, or before in some form or fashion. I know that uh, Rhonda has been speaking to many of you regularly. I have been reaching out to many of you regularly. There are some that I have not, and I will promise to to call you and to check on you. But will you do the same for me? We're all busy. We're all uh, doing what must be done during this time. But if you are worried about what we need to be doing as a church body, number one, we need to be praying together for our community. Number two, look for your, look for the needs of your neighbor. How can we help? Let me also give you a great news today. Today, Saturday, April the 28th, I prayed with two new souls 
who are now brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> Here at the church, I prayed with two people who gave their hearts to Jesus, who surrendered their lives to the Lord. Their hearts were broken. They were repentant, and they asked the Lord to forgive them. We're talking to them about baptism. That's going to be happening soon. So be praying for this young couple. The second thing I want to tell you is that uh, this week, we have been privileged as a church to help someone who was a, a survivor of the tornadoes of March the 3rd uh, they are relocating here into Allgood. They have found a new place to live. We have been allowed the privilege of partnering with the uh, Disaster Relief Fund from the Tennessee Baptist Convention, and we are helping this uh, f- this family relocate the area. We are going to be their church to help them get reestablished and love on them. So God has allowed us, even in this season, to do ministry in ways that we've not seen before. We are help, we've seen two brand new lives come to faith. The hat's a hallelujah. And we're watching two people who are moving into the all good area that we're helping them. We're going to be that practical kingdom help for them. So please be praying for the ministry here at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. Be praying for uh, how we can come back together soon. Pray for the Lord's help in that. But also, I want to thank you for your willingness to be together in this endeavor in ministry. We are a family together. We cannot do anything apart. So until next week, may God bless you and may He keep you safe.